Local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5. I am your host, Patrick Reynolds. We are live on this Monday, February the 19th. 2024, 5.06 p.m. Eastern Time, taking you home on the News Drive at 5. Thank you so much for tuning in to WSIC News Talk. You just heard Local Biz Now with Joe Vag, known the finest business talk show in all of the Vills. Number one business talk show in all of the Vills, from Statesville to Huntersville, every Monday, 4 p.m., right before the News Drive at 5. Joe features local business, small business, the heartbeat of Charlotte, North Charlotte, and the Lake Norman community. So don't miss local biz now. Joe Vagnone, every Monday at 4 p.m. here at WSIC News Talk. Top five at five news stories that we are tracking for you tonight. The Statesville Council discusses revenue and growth. Cornelius looks at new pickleball courts. Iredell County plans to hire new EMTs. East Iredell Middle School will rebrand as a dual immersion school. And we will keep you updated on the Daytona 500 as that just went green roughly 30 minutes ago. We'll give you updates throughout tonight's broadcast as well as our ticket giveaway for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. Right there, if you're looking at the video feed, you also see me in a casual hoodie sweatshirt this afternoon. Apologize for that for the News Drive at 5 viewers. Uh, was out and about all day today and never had a chance to stop in and get a college shirt. But we have Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show tickets right here. We got a winning four-pack we will give away a little bit later in the News Drive at 5 February. 23rd, 4th, and 5th is the show. That is this coming weekend right there at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. So we've got your plans right here, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's already Monday, and you're wondering, gee, what am I going to do this weekend? We've got your answer right there. It's a four-pack of winning tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. All you have to do is call in, 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. One more time, 844-788-3464. And you can call in any time during the show to chat about the news, chat about the race, or whatever's on your mind. We take calls. We are WSIC News Talk. We want to communicate and interact with you. But at 545, after our last commercial break, we will give away that winning pack of tickets to the Charlotte Home in Remodeling Show. As I said, the Daytona 500 is underway. Christopher Bell leads by about 30 laps into the race throughout the show today. We'll give you updates on the scoreboard with Joe Berg coming up right after the news drive at 5. He will have more information on the world of sports, including the running of the 500, as that happens while he and I are on the air. In the meantime, our news headlines tonight in Statesville. Oh, wait. I'm, my producer is signaling. We have something. Do you mind if I interject real quick? I don't mind at all. We're about to get into the news. Go right ahead. I got a very important traffic update via text okay. coming into the studio. Let's get to traffic. Yes. 77 is jammed up completely both directions. Northbound bumper to bumper from exit 18 to exit 28. And southbound is bumper to bumper from Mooresville 
to exit 18. Goodness. Any word on what's going on? Not not that I can see, but I'm looking into it, mm-hmm. and if I figure it out, I will let you know. Thank you very much. Joe Berg, producer for the News Drive at 5, as well as host of The Scoreboard. Wearing a lot of hats, doing triple duty as he's on his cell phone trying to find a little bit more information on this traffic. But 77 north and southbound jammed up. Mooresville south to exit 18, northbound exit 18 up to exit 28. We're going to find out a little bit more, whatever information we can have on this traffic. We will give you an update as soon as we have an update here. Back to the headlines tonight in Statesville. All indicators point to continued economic growth in the city during the next 18 months as a result of new industrial and residential development. That was the message that city manager Ron Smith and senior managers delivered to the city council. The developments continue to roll in, Smith said. There have been some slowdown elsewhere, but we're not seeing it. In addition to several large industrial projects, the city has about 7,000 residential units in the development pipeline, including 1,000 newly permitted units. Those housing developments, predominantly single-family homes, will be necessary as the city's population increases by nearly 10,000 residents to 40,000 total by the end of the decade. That growth, the city manager said, will require investments in water and sewer and electronic infrastructure, as well as sanitation, police, and fire services. Chief Financial Officer Tim Carr told council members that he projected property tax revenues and sales tax revenues and investment income for the current fiscal year to exceed budget by as much as $3 million. He said, quote, we're going to have a banner year compared to what we have budgeted. Spurred by the recent countywide reevaluation, the city's property tax revenues are expected to top $24.8 million this fiscal year, while the city's share of sales tax revenue is forecast to increase to $14.9 billion. While Carr expects the economy to remain strong and the city's primary revenue streams to grow in 2024 and 2025, he also cautioned council that debt service would increase by $1.3 million as the new fire station comes online and the sanitation division takes delivery of a new truck. Inflationary pressures will also increase the cost of city operations, he said. The CFO did express some concern that revenues and profits from electric utilities are expected to decline this fiscal year and next. While the council does not take official action during its budget retreats, council members agreed by consensus on several courses of action. Following a report by Interim Electric Utilities Director Cody Reese, the council directed staff to craft policy changes that will result in some infrastructure development costs being passed on to residential developers. Installing new power lines, transformers, and other equipment in the Wallace Springs subdivision, for example, cost the city about $750,000 excluding labor, Reese told council. Reese explained, quote, essentially existing customers are subsidizing these costs. We're not collecting anything until the meters are energized, end quote. Under the proposed policy change, developers would be required to pay for those costs as part of the permitting process. That change could bring the city in line with the policies of other major utilities, including Duke Power, Reese said. 
Councilman Steve Johnson expressed his concern that developers would pass the cost, estimated at $4,000 per home, onto buyers, which would further drive up the cost of housing. The new policy, is, if approved by council, would take effect on July 1st, 2024. As long as the city has sufficient funds, council expressed support for purchasing new tasers, body ca cameras, and in-car camera equipment for the Statesville Police Department. The videos would be uploaded into a server that is easily accessible by the district attorney's office. The equipment provided by Axon would cost $608,000 the first year and then $520,000 each of the next four years. The city has been awarded a federal grant in the amount of $410,000, which would offset some of the cost. Council also expressed support for Police Department Chief Onley's request to hire a full-time attorney. News Drive at 5 will be back. for more of the News Drive at 5, coming up on 105.9, 100.7, WSIC. It's the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds on 105.9, 100.7, WSIC. Local starts here. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 for this Monday, February 19th, 2024, 5.18 p.m. on the East Coast. We have that jam up on I-77 south of Mooresville to exit 18, as well as north of exit 18 up to uh, exit 28 in Cornelius. We have not discovered a reason for it yet. We are continuing to monitoring the traffic. As soon as we get more information, we will pass that out to you. But right now, I-77 at a pretty bad slowdown right now. So if you have some alternate routes, certainly recommend taking them. We're also about 30 minutes away from the ticket giveaway for the Charlotte Home in Remodeling Show. That's this weekend at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. In about 30 minutes, we'll open up the phone lines to all of you to win that winning pack of tickets to the Charlotte Home in Remodeling Show. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm We'll be at the show Friday, February 23rd, and Saturday, February 24th. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. That's 844-788-3464. Daytona 500 underway right now. As we went to the commercial break at WSIC, many cars were heading to pit row under green flag pit stops. So if you're on your way home, stuck in traffic, trying to get to the TV, we will keep you updated. Uh, some of the cars, there was a crash early on on lap six, took out a few cars. A lot of guys pitted for fuel at that point, and those that did not pit for fuel yet we're diving onto pit road as we went to commercial uh, joey logano and christopher bell among those getting fuel right now as the news drive at five rolls on and the scoreboard following us at 6 p.m we'll keep you updated on this afternoon's daytona 500 back to local headlines a divided Statesville City Council has agreed to contribute money to the United Way of Iredell County program that aims to increase homeownership and housing stability throughout the county. 
Following a spirited discussion during the council's budget retreat, six council members expressed support for using $190,000 in funds from the sale of property off Free Nancy Branch to pay for the first year of participation. Staff will explore ways to fund the city's participation in year two and beyond without using tax dollars. Brett Eckerman, executive director of the United Way, told Statesville Council members that the nonprofit's board had established five goals for the Iredell Housing Fund. First, provide repairs to make healthy and safe as many existing homes as possible throughout Iredell County. Provide increased opportunities for home ownership to working families who cannot afford to become owners. Keep families at risk of displacement from becoming homeless. Create awareness of the partners who are contributing to the repairs and involve volunteers and donors together to build momentum for change at scale. And bring nonprofits to the table to work cooperatively alongside each other to maximize the dollars spent. Some council members have repeatedly expressed concern about the lack of affordable housing options in the area as the cost of new and existing homes and also rental properties have increased sharply during the past two to three years. The council, Eckerman explained, will be able to control how city funds are used and restrict their use to project inside the city limits. He said, quote, if you want to take the leap, you've got to look for a game-changing opportunity. Councilwoman Kim Wasson, Doris Allison, and Lisa Pearson supported the program without reservation. Wasson said, quote, we can't walk around and ignore that we have 500 families living in hotels. Allison added, quote, this is humane. We can't solve the problem, but we're going to do whatever we can to help, end quote. After council members David Jones and Amy Lawton expressed strong objections about using local tax dollars for the program, Mayor Costi Cote proposed the compromise that garnered the support of the majority. Quote, the mayor said, quote, It seems as if this task is insurmountable, but this problem is not going to get better on its own. In Cornelius, tonight, the evening's town board meeting will be taking place. The commissioners will get their first detailed look at a proposal by DB Entertainment to build 16 new pickleball courts on Chartown Drive. What D, uh, Planning Director Rex Burhan said, quote, what DB is specifically looking to do is amend the zoning on approximately 6.3 acres of vacant property located at Chartown Drive to construct a 51,000-square-foot pickleball and restaurant facility. The project consists of 16 courts, 10 indoor, and 6 outdoor. There will be no decisions made at Monday's presentation as the application must still go before the planning board for a recommendation and then back to the town board at a future date for a final decision. Pickleball is rapidly growing and a separate proposal which would provide up to 12 new courts at Bailey Road Park is planned by the town. Monday's meeting begins at 6 p.m., which is just over a half hour from now. It will take place at the Town Hall on Catawba Avenue. It will also be live-streamed on the town website, cornelius.org. In related Cornelius town town news, the town's planning board appointments, originally scheduled for February, have been delayed, according to town manager Andrew Grant. 
Grant said, quote, at this time, the town is still going through the process of selecting members for the planning board. I'll have a better idea in the next few weeks when this may come to the town board for their consideration, end quote. The appointments carry some added interest this year for several reasons. First, a new chairperson needs to be named as former chairwoman Susan Johnson was elected to the town board, vacating her planning board position. In addition, former town commissioners have expressed interest in serving on the planning board. During the interim period, planning board member Joe Dean has been serving as acting chairman. In Iredell County, commissioners have approved a plan to hire 24 new emergency medical technicians. Investing $1.74 million in those positions, EMS Director Blair Ritchie told commissioners during their recent retreat, will improve service, alleviate staff burnout, and save taxpayers about $325,000 annually. While dealing with numerous vacant paramedic positions, the county spent over $2 million on overtime in fiscal year 2023 to fill the open shifts. Although EMS officials have had a difficult time filling paramedic positions, which require advanced training and certifications, the HR department has an abundance of applicants for EMT positions. The starting pay for EMTs is over $35,000 annually in Iredell County, compared to over $45,000 a year for paramedics. The county offers a $2,500 signing bonus for new hires for full-time positions. Iredell County EMS has traditionally staffed its units with two paramedics. However, maintaining advanced life support certification requires only one paramedic per truck. Commissioners universally agreed that Richie's proposal was a good one. They encouraged her to work with HR to fill the new EMT positions as quickly as possible. Richie said, quote, our staff is tired. They're going to ease the strain. This is going to ease the strain on everything, end quote. The EMS director also expressed optimism that after these positions are filled, the department could put its 15th truck into service full-time. The board also supported the purchase of two new trucks and asked County Manager Beth Mull to bring a budget amendment for the purchase to the board in March. Following a separate discussion, the board approved the hiring of two new community paramedics to assist with the county's medicine assistant treatment program. The initiative aims to help those struggling with opioid use disorder. The new team, which will focus its efforts in the southern end of the county, will be based at Mount Morn Volunteer Fire Department. The positions will be funded by the county's opioid settlement money. From Raleigh, U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra joined Governor Roy Cooper and North Carolina Health and Human Services Secretary Cody Kinsley in Raleigh for a Medicaid expansion roundtable with beneficiaries and providers. Together, they discussed the monumental impact Medicaid expansion is having for the more than 350,000 individuals who are now enrolled in the program since it launched a little more than two months ago. More than 600,000 people are now eligible for the and are expected to gain the critical physical and behavioral health care coverage they need over the next two years. Governor Cooper said, quote, Medicaid expansion is the working families bill of the decade for North Carolina, 
and there are already almost 360,000 people benefiting from this health coverage who can see a doctor, get the prescriptions they need, and stay healthy to provide for their families. We are laser-focused on continuing to get people enrolled with the help of our community partners and faith in civic leaders so that more North Carolinians can benefit, end quote. Newly eligible North Carolinians have also started to access the medicines they care and care they need through Medicaid expansion. Medicaid covered more than 265,000 prescriptions for new enrollees for things like heart health, diabetes, seizures, and other illnesses, and covered more than $4.8 million in claims for dental services since December 1, 2023. Iredell Statesville Schools announced plans this week to transform East Iredell Middle School into a dual immersion and world language academy. Superintendent Jeff James said this initiative underscores our dedication to fostering cultural awareness, language proficiency, and academic excellency among our students. With the addition of the dual immersion program and comprehensive world language curriculum, Students at East Iredell Middle School will not only become fluent in a second language, but will also gain valuable skills. We'll be back. We'll be back with more of the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds in just a moment on 1059-100.7 WSIC. Call 844-STUDIO-4 now to join in the conversation on the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds on 105.9-100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 for this Monday, February 19th, 2024. 5.35 p.m. on the East Coast right here on WSIC News Talk. We are giving away a four-pack of winning tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show this weekend at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. 844 Studio 4 Get you in to discuss with us anytime during the show some news headlines, or if you want to call in after our next break, we will give these tickets away. 844-788-3464. That's 844-788-3464. Three, four, six, four. As we come back to break here at the News Drive at 5, a Daytona 500 update. Stage 1 has just taken the green and white checkered flag. Chase Elliott has won Stage 1 of this afternoon's Daytona 500 by a narrow margin over teammate Kyle Larson. News Drive at 5 rolls on. We're going to give away the tickets for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show and back to the local headlines right now. Iredell Statesville's school's Board of Education members reviewed proposed changes to 34 district policies during the board's recent meeting. School boards are responsible for developing and revising policies that govern the actions of the board, district employees, and students. ISS board member Bill Howell mentioned that some of the recommendations are changes in language or minor tweaks recommended by the North Carolina School Board Association. During the meeting, the chairman said that the board must wait 30 days to vote on policy changes once they are proposed. Howell said the board to review policy 2010, board and superintendent relations this week. The purpose of this policy is to, quote, establish parameters for communication between the board and superintendent regarding division of operations, end quote. That is from the direct policy. 
Now, part of the policy outlines the process that board members should follow when making a request for additional information. Any information requested by board members shall be directed to the superintendent's office. Information requested that requires the creation of materials that the school system does not regularly utilize for school business must be reviewed by the superintendent and board chair. Notification of the request and the superintendent's decision to accommodate the request must be communicated in writing to the full board of education. School board member Mike Kubinek said that he disagrees with this policy. He said, quote, it restricts information to board members. The suggested revision is unnecessary and I won't approve it, end quote. Howell explained that board members can vote against any policy changes that they don't support. There were other 33 other policy changes, and they can be viewed on the district's website at boardpolicyonline.com. One more time, boardpolicyonline.com. In other matters from the school board, the board also approved Lake Norman High School's trip to Denmark. In news out of Raleigh, more news out of Raleigh, I should say, in-person early voting for the 2024 primary election began last Thursday and runs through Saturday, March 2nd at early voting locations across North Carolina. Statewide, more than 340 early voting sites will be open for early voting ahead of the March 5th primary election. Early voting has become a popular voting method in North Carolina in the 2020 presidential primary, 36% of voters chose early voting to cast their ballot. In the 2022 primary, 39% voted early in person. Early voting is the most popular form of voting for general elections. Karen Brinson-Brell, executive director of the State Board of Elections, said, quote, in-person early voting is one of the ways voters can cast ballots securely in North Carolina. The bipartisan election officials who work at each early voting site are prepared for a smooth voting process and to ensure the ballots of eligible voters are counted, end quote. Primaries, in case you don't know, are elections used to determine each political party's nominees who will advance to the general election in November. In a partisan primary, voters affiliated with a political party may only vote their party's ballot. Unaffiliated voters may choose any one political party's ballot or a nonpartisan ballot if available in their jurisdiction. News from Mecklenburg County. A new report from the Charlotte Urban Institute confirms there's a workforce housing, also known as affordable housing crisis in North Mech. It means many families, even those with six-figure incomes, can't afford to purchase the median price home in Cornelius Davidson and Huntersville. According to the Urban Institute report, the common standard that households should spend no more than a third of their income on housing, a household would need an income of about $160,000 to afford the median home in North Mecklenburg. Over half of the homes are less than 20 years old, and the median size is just under 2,400 square feet. Not only does this make them about 500 square feet larger than a median home in Mecklenburg, most also have three or four bedrooms. And despite the fact that homes are being built, 
The overall housing stock still consists of larger, more expensive homes. The existing housing stock in North Mecklenburg is primarily single-family. About 67% of homes are single-family detached, compared to 54% from Mecklenburg County as a whole. Homes are also larger and newer than in Mecklenburg County as a whole. Over half of homes are less than 20 years old, and the median size is just under 2,400 square feet. Not only does this make them about 500 square foot larger than a medium home in Mecklenburg, but also have three or four bedrooms. News from Statesville. Allison Woods Outdoor Learning Center received a $10,000 grant from the Duke Energy Foundation to serve North Carolina residents with their Aquatic Discoveries program. Kendall Bowman, Duke Energy's North Carolina president, said, quote, we're committed to playing a significant role in lifting up our communities and awarding grants to help local nonprofits across the state advance their environmental impact and community engagement. Selena Goodwin, executive director at Allison Woods Outdoor Learning Center, said, quote, Thank you to the Duke Energy Foundation for recognizing our efforts and supporting our mission. We remain committed to making a positive difference in the lives of those we serve, end quote. Joseph Crapster, Duke Energy's government and community relations manager for Cabarrus, Davidson, Davy, Aradell, Rowan, and Stanley Counties, said the foundation was glad to support the work of Allison Woods Outdoor Learning Center. He said, quote, it is an outstanding opportunity for anyone to learn about our environment, nature, and the outdoors. It is the wilderness right here in our community. In Statesville and Mooresville, Dr. Vivek Trivedi has been granted the distinguished title of Fellow of the American College of Gastroenterology. The designation is a testament to Trevetti's outstanding professional accomplishments and exceptional competence in the field of gastroenterology. Trevetti practices at Piedmont Healthcare's Comprehensive Digestive Care Center in Statesville and PHC's Specialty Care Center in Mooresville. More news out of Mooresville. The town of Mooresville recently earned recognition as a 2023 Tree City USA. This is Mooresville's 15th year as a Tree City, USA town. The Arbor Day Foundation awarded Mooresville the recognition because the town met the program's four requirements. Maintaining a tree board or department, having a tree care ordinance, dedicating an annual community forestry, forestry budget of at least $2 per capita, and hosting an Arbor Day observance and proclamation. Mooresville is one of more than 3,600 Tree City USA communities. We are thrilled to once again be recognized as a Tree City USA town, said interim manager Jim Landon. Quote, our tree canopies are important to our residents and we strive to continue this important recognition. End quote. Tree City USA, founded in 1976, is a partnership between the Arbor Day Foundation, U.S. Forest Service, and National Association of State foresters for more information on the program visit arborday.org we are just one break away from our ticket giveaway to the charlotte home and remodeling show daytona 500 updates news drive at five headlines i'm patrick reynolds we'll be back more of the news drive at five after we pay the bills on 105.9 100.7 wsic 
Call 844-STUDIO-4 now to join in the conversation on the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 here at WSIC News Talk Radio. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Monday, February the 19th. 2024. It is time for our ticket giveaway for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. Got a winning four-pack of tickets right there for those watching us on our social media feeds. Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show this weekend at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. 844-STUDIO-4. 844-788-3464. Get you that four-pack of winning tickets, and you have plans for this weekend. 844-788-3464. Local news headlines here on the News Drive at 5. Coming up in a moment as we look up for the Daytona 500 update. 75 laps out of 200 are complete. Your top five, Joey Logano, Justin Haley, Chris Buescher, Kyle Busch, and Ryan Priest in the fifth position. We will continue to update that after the 6 o'clock hour with the scoreboard with Joe Berg. Back to the news drive at 5. Local headlines. In Statesville, the Boys and Girls Club of the Piedmont has scheduled the second annual Randy Marion Pancake Day. Dubbed Iredell's Happiest Day. This will happen on Thursday, April the 18th. The event will be held at the Statesville Civic Center from 6 a.m. until 7 p.m. That is a 13-hour day, and you can eat pancakes all day. Executive Director Clarissa Young said proceeds from the event fund the after-school and summer camp programs. The club currently serves 476 students in the Cochrane Street campus in Statesville and 51 students at the satellite campus at Shepherd Elementary School in Mooresville. Also, more news out of Mooresville. Jonathan Kevin Rice will be the featured poet at the March 9th Poetry Performance event at Performance Coffee in Mooresville. Rice is one of the founders of Water Bean Poetry in Huntersville and has been an editor of Iodine Poetry Journal for many years. Performance Coffee is celebrating its first anniversary of the series at noon on Saturday, March the 9th. Poets ranging in age 12 to 96 have shared their literary ventures at past events. Hope Anderson, one of the founders of these events, said, quote, we would love to get more high school students, more people of color, and a more diverse group to participate. We are an open and supportive group of people. We love poetry and want to share it with the world. Anybody can also come just to listen and enjoy the poems as well. End quote. Recapping some of our stories from earlier in the news drive at 5, Iredell Statesville Schools announced plans this week to transform East Iredell Middle School into a dual immersion and world language academy. ISS Superintendent Jeff James said, quote, this initiative underscores our dedication to fostering cultural awareness, language proficiency, and academic excellence among our students. With the addition of the dual immersion program and comprehensive world language curriculum, students at East Iredell Middle School will not only become fluent in a second language, but will also gain valuable skills and cultural understanding that will set them apart in today's interconnected world, end quote. 
Some five programs, one, two, three, excuse me, four programs are the Dual Immersion Program, the Comprehensive World Language Courses, Advanced Studies, and High School Credits. Principal Lisa Brooks said, quote, I am thrilled to be able to offer students at East Aradale Middle School these options. Being able to implement a World Language Academy and the option of dual immersion at the school will provide our students with skills that will give them an advantage in navigating their future. Entry into the dual immersion program is on a first-come, first-serve basis. Students in the East Aradale Middle School attendance boundary should complete the pre-registration form to participate in the dual immersion program. Students who do not live in the East Iredale Middle School attendance boundary should complete the pre-registration form to participate in the dual immersion program, and all students should complete the Iredale Statesville School's student reassessment application to attend the dual immersion program or World Language Academy. This application is available at the website, issnc.org. That's ISSNC.org. Recapping our top story in Statesville, all indicators point to continued economic growth in the city during the next 18 months as a result of new industrial and residential development. That was the message that City Manager Ron Smith and Senior Managers delivered to the City Council. Smith said, quote, the developments continue to roll in. There has been some slowdown elsewhere but we're not seeing it, end quote. In addition to several large industrial projects, the city has about 7,000 residential units in the development pipeline, including 1,000 newly permitted units. Those housing developments, predominantly single-family homes, will be necessary as the city's population increases by nearly 10,000 residents to 40,000 by the end of the decade. That growth will require investments in water and sewer and electric infrastructure, as well as sanitation, police, and fire services. Chief Financial Officer Tim Carr told council members that he projected property tax revenues and sales tax revenues and investment income for the current fiscal year to extend budget by as much as $3 million. He said, quote, we're going to have a banner year compared to what we budgeted, end quote. Spurred by the recent countywide reevaluation, the city's property tax revenues are expected to top $24.8 million this fiscal year, while the city's share of sales tax revenues is forecast to increase to $14.9 million. While Carr expects the economy to remain strong and the city's primary revenue streams to grow in 2024 and 2025, He also cautioned council that debt service would increase by $1.3 million as the new fire station comes online and the sanitation division takes delivery of a new truck. Inflationary pressures will also increase the cost of city operations. The CFO did express some concern that revenues and profits from electric utilities are expected to decline this fiscal year and next. While the council does not take official action during its budget retreats, council members agreed by consensus on several courses of action. Following a report by Interim Electric Utilities Director Cody Reese, the council directed staff to craft policy changes that will result in some infrastructure development cost 
being passed on to residential developers. Installing new power lines, transformers, and other equipment in the Wallace Springs subdivision, for example, cost the city about $750,000, excluding labor. Now, under the proposed policy change, developers would be required to pay for those costs as part of the permitting process. That change would bring the city in line with the policies of other major utilities, including Duke Power. Councilman Steve Johnson expressed his concern that developers would pass the costs onto buyers, which would further drive up the housing, and he's looking at estimated cost at $4,000 per home. The new policy, if approved by council, would take effect on July 1st, 2024. As long as the city has sufficient funds, council expressed support for purchasing for the police department new tasers, body cameras, and in-car camera equipment for the police department. The videos would be uploaded onto a server that is easily accessible by the district attorney's office. The equipment provided by Axon would cost $608,000 the first year and then $520,000 each of the next four years. The city has been awarded a federal grant in the amount of $410,000, which would offset some of the cost. Council also expressed support for the Statesville Police Department Chief David Onley's request to hire a full-time staff attorney. Council members decided to eventually split up the races at their at-large seats starting next year. During that year, they proposed that the top vote-getter get a four-year term. The winner of the second seat would win a two-year term, and that seat would be again be on the ballot for 2027 for a four-year term. Now, that local headlines tonight coming up right after the news drive at 5 at the top of the hour. Joe Berg is hosting the scoreboard. We've been giving you updates for the, the Daytona 500 during the News Drive at 5. Joe will have more of that. What else is happening in the world of sports there, Joseph? Well, actually, there's more than just Daytona. Right. I yes. Figured. So um, we had high school basketball regular season came to a close. So guess uh, now we head into uh, conference tournaments mm -hmm. before we get into playoffs. Uh, also... NCAA basketball going on, big upset in the top of the rankings. Some NHL news, the NHL had their stadium series, which was pretty cool to see, and the NBA just had their All-Star weekend. So lots going on. Lots going on. And as you and I have been, you've been producing this show, he, he produces uh, the News Drive at 5 here every weekday night from 5 to 6, then he hosts the scoreboard from... Uh, six to seven each weeknight here on WSIC. We have been tracking the Daytona 500 as we've been broadcasting, and we will continue to track the 500 during the scoreboard. I'm going to yes, stick around and, and visit with Joe a little it's gonna bit It's going to be more. fun. Yeah, we've been talking about this all winter as we are basically through January. And during race season, maybe uh, I would contribute a little bit to the scoreboard, and we can chit-chat with each other. Looking forward to it, man. Scoreboard coming right up. going to be fun. Yeah, I'm Tune Patrick. in. I'm Patrick Reynolds. This is the News Drive at 5 here on WSIC News Talk. Weekdays, 5 p.m. here. We're going to pick up the scoreboard and the Daytona 500 right after this. Serving you better than ever before. 105.9, 100.7. WSIC, Statesville, Morrisville, North Charlotte.